Hello, Dave here. Uh, thanks for coming along for another episode of Legends of the Spire. Uh, on the podcast this week, we have our first player and a gaffer uh, as we welcome Nicky Law. Uh, now, Nicky first came to Chesterfield in 1993. Uh, known as a fierce vocal defender, he brought a mentality to win that was infectious throughout the rest of the squad. And in over 100 games for Chesterfield, uh, he went on to captain the team that lifted the uh, trophy in the playoff final in 1995 against Bury. Um, he had some, some brilliant memories of the um, semi-finals against Mansfield uh, in which we won 5-2, uh, which is really interesting to listen to and really good fun. Um, and then he returned to Chesterfield um, as the community officer and then eventually took over from John Duncan in 2000. Now, at that point, it became a bit of a uh, tumultuous time for Chesterfield. The ownership changed over to Darren Brown and then eventually things happened behind the scenes that um, ultimately ended up with a nine-point penalty. But on the pitch, Nicky Law guided that team through that season and we still ended up with promotion, which was a remarkable achievement. Um, and it was really a chance, this podcast, to um, let him say in his own words what happened that season, um, which I'm sure you'll all find a really interesting listen. Uh, we then touched on the end about how he also always gets linked to the Chesterfield job whenever we have a manager leave and um, it's clear that he still has a huge affinity for the club uh, as the fans still have um, a huge love for him too so it was great to speak to Nick and um, I hope you all enjoy the podcast. Uh, as always we're on Spire Legends on Twitter and Legends of the Spire on Facebook so do get in touch um, but let's go for it here is the podcast in his own words this is Nicky Law. You're like, uh, you're kind of an honorary northerner now, aren't you? I suppose because you, yeah. you're kind of at Arsenal, weren't you, as a, a youth player? But I think it depends where you come north, doesn't it? Yeah, north, I'm north from London, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I left there when I was, um, was I 18, 19, and I went to Barnsley, um, and then just toured around really, um, went from there, went to. Arsenal to Barnsley to Blackpool to Plymouth to Notts. Um, we're going to Chesterfield, Rotherham. No, Rotherham, Chesterfield. Had a little stint at Hereford. Um, and then went really onto the coaching side, player coaching and into the management and fell into the Chesterfield one by default, really. Yeah. Um, there was never anything I really envisaged or saw myself doing. I had no master plan that. That was what I was going to go into. Um, I'd done my coaching badges and 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 really stumbled into it when Norton offered give me well didn't offer it just told me I was doing the job but I was community officer really just come down one day and went right um, I don't know if you know John's gone and Kevin's gone and I want you to do it and I was like all oh, right okay uh, lads are up there off you go and and literally that was what it was mm. um, yeah. You know, so that was just a march up to the dressing room, and I knew a lot of the players anyway. Um, and it was at the deep, literally in at the deep, and that that is as simple as it was. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, we may as well uh, dig into that, like becoming manager a bit more, because it was that that was one of my questions. Really, was was that ever an ambition? Kind of as you were a player, did it? Was it something you thought, oh, I could maybe, I could maybe like a bit of management? 
at some not point. Really? Not really. Not not when I used to go training at Chesterfield and we'd go in and John and Kevin were there and I'd come away and John and Kevin would be there and then sat in a little office there with a tactics board out with a two pences and one pences and 50 pences. There weren't many of them though. Uh, <laughs> but, and, and honestly that, you know, people all think that's too simple, but that, that is exactly as it was. Kevin and John were, you know, John was a clever man and he, he was, I was saying this in the nicest way. He was almost, we thought he was too clever at times. You know, he really, really overthought things. He was really thorough. Uh, when we were just like, oh, come on, let's get on with it, John. You know, let's do it. Um, and Kevin was probably the the um, devil's advocate. He was the, what if, John? What if, John? What if, John? Where the, every base was covered um, with them two. They they were great. You know, Kevin, God bless him, is not here anymore. Um, I think Kevin probably played a big part in me coming to the club. Um, and the, they were great, John and Kev. They, they were different, um, but they were great. And, you know, started the things off really you know that's where you learn a lot of your stuff from yeah so when you actually signed for Chesterfield as a player what did you what did you make of the of the training and, and things like that coming in because we've had a few players from the squad at that time and some liked it and some didn't I think it was fair what, what do you mean training in terms of the 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 content of the training yeah or? yeah because I know that some players um mm. you know it it was it was quite not repetitive but they the, yeah, kind of had a process. It needs, to be repetition. it needs to be repetition. There has to be an element of repetition. You know, the more you practice at something, the better you get, don't you? Mm. So, you know, the more drilled we were, the more uniform we became. Uh, and that's what won us a lot of games. You know, I can, uh, too many games, I can remember where we went and you came and you won the game. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we did. We had a group that knew how to win. Uh, we didn't at the start. But we, we, John had, probably part of my coming in, going back to the beginning, was that they didn't probably have that, you know. They had a dressing room with good players. Um, when you look, you had your Darren Cards, your Lee Rogers, you, you know, Jamie Hewitt, Sandy Morrises and Daichi. Um, they're a group of good players, but probably didn't know how to win. Just, just came out on the wrong side of results. And I think maybe that may have been my, might have been the part why John and Kevin brought me in was probably a more experienced player. And, you know, to, I'm careful when I say leader because you almost sound like it's all about you, you know, it isn't, but just finding someone that could come in and probably um, put a different spin on the dressing room, um, put a different spin into training. um, And, you know, in going into the games, knowing that you had a chance to win. And, you know, we had the, we had the talent, you know, we had the Kevin Davises and the likes of that, but we, we just didn't know how to know how to win. Um, but by the end of it, we did. And, you know, by Oco Crook, we won. And I'm going to go back to my first bit. You know, I can remember going to games where, you know, where you come away and think, Jesus, that's embarrassing. But we won. It might be a long throw, a flick and a goal, you know, or... It, it may be something as basic as that, but and for for eighty five percent of the game, we probably got you know tortured, but we won the game, and we knew how to win, and and that's a that's a big thing, you know. It's, it's not just about having the best players; it's it's about having a mentality to win, and a will to win, and a group of players that want to win and enjoy winning, and will do what it takes to win, 
And probably, like I say, going back to the beginning, that's probably what we didn't have when I first went. And probably part of my coming in was to try and educate them younger players on that's how you do it. And this is what we do. Going back to your repetition thing, you know, if 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 you've got a way of playing and you're going to play away, you've got to stick to that. You know, it's no good six doing it and five not or nine doing it and one not because it's going to fall down. So, yeah, a lot of the work was repetitive, um, but it had to be done. Um, I'm not saying I always enjoyed it. Far from it. I mean, I wasn't a great trainer, believe me. Um, you know, I'd say to John, look, you're not going to teach me that much. Just let me go and do some running with a physio or something. You know, and, you know, I, I admit, you know, we had nowhere to train. You know, Kel, old Kev, Daichi, we... we when I see Sean, you know, at training ground, he'll go, all right, Nick, half left, half right, and, and no one will know what that is. And that was Kev Randall when um, we used to go to, there was a place to train up near Temple Normanson. Um, if you went through Asen, you climbed up the big hill. On the right, there used to be a pitch. Um, and it had like a running track around it, but it wasn't big enough, the pitch. So there was a little island on each side. And we had to put the balls there for it to be a distance enough to cross them. And that was what Kev used to say, half left, half right. And, you know, half of us went left, half of us went right. And it's just silly things like that. But we had a lot of silly things like that. But, you know, it, it was that was really a great place to be. We had nothing. We had nowhere to train. You know, you struggled for kit. Um you know, we'd go to Langer Lane, we'd go around Bird's Nest up at Newbold, not far from here. Um, we just begged, stolen, borrowed. We just turned up and trained until, you know, we got moved on or, you know, we went, you know, around the one-way system at Brimington. I'm not sure what it's called. There's one on there. It was full of dog mess all the time. So we all got coned up and all went flicking and cleared an area to train. And, and honestly, that, that was what it was. But that was a real bonding thing that that's what made that group of people we were like hey hey so what you know what are you going to do let it affect you or are we going to get on with it we're here so we might as well do it let's do it and that, that's what we were you know and we'd you know we'd get in the in the minivan and we'd drive up to Ardwick and stuff like that just you know that that was what we were good at that that's what got us through yeah and, and so many players I've spoken to from around that time like Andy Morris spoke very fondly about ship patrol, as he called it. Yeah, yeah that's what <laughs> it was. Ship flicking, yeah. I didn't know if we could swear. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and Lee Rogers was kind of talking about getting kicked off, and then you'd be like, right, let's find the next and the yeah. picture we can play you on. Up. What you're doing here, you shouldn't be here, you can't be here. You know, oh, okay, right, yeah, okay, move on. Then back in the cars, and off we went again. And that's what it was, you know, you got shitted up in the car, but you got back in your car and you, you weren't precious. You, just try to make sure it weren't your go when it was raining then you were in someone else's car but no that, that's what we did and you know to a man everybody did it it was the norm it was the norm for us we knew no different hmm. you know? and just becomes in you then doesn't it but that that was all part of the um probably the success that we had that it was a real tight group third division gillingham here in their red away strip went down at third place chesterfield Two first-half goals ended the game as a contest. Gillingham remained fourth from bottom for six points above the relegation position. That season that 
obviously we went up via the playoffs, so we're kind of 94, 95 season. Mm. Had that huge um, unbeaten run when Tony Lorma came in. Um, Nick him our penalties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he, uh, uh, it was, uh, yeah, he told me about the time that he, uh, he, he, nicked, yeah. he nicked a penalty from you and then got told yeah. off. I missed it. <laughs> I missed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, do you know what? If, if I'm honest, I've got to be honest sitting here now. I couldn't tell you what the record was. I, you know, I couldn't tell you. What was it unbeaten? I don't know. I was like 22 games, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd take some doing at competitive professional level, any level, you know. Um, but, you know, once you go two, once you go three, once you go four, you want to make it five, don't you? Then it's six, then it's seven. And come on, we don't get beat. We carry it on. We take it to the end. And and that's that's what we did. And you know, like you say, Tony came in. I think he, um, on that reference, on that one, when he, he grabbed the ball and took the penalty. And I, I'm just like, oh, well, I'm not going to make a big deal of it, you know. And then he missed it. And we had a few words about that. And that was his last one he took. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly did get the pressure ones. But no, he's a great lad, Tony. I mean, he's been through, he's been through the meal, hasn't he? You know, so, you know, thank the Lord for that. And he's good. And he messaged me the other day and you know, said that he had had his final lot of stuff and come through. And I saw a bit of something on LinkedIn the other day where he was on the treadmill and that. So just grateful for that, you know. Yeah. And and like going back to penalties, how, yeah. how do you end up? How did you end up? Had you been taking penalties at previous clubs? Was that kind no, of... I, th- I think I took one, for one, one penalty at Rotherham. It was the first time... I think the FA Cup had been had gone to penalties. I think or something like that. I can't. I can't remember. I stand correct, and I missed. Um, so I don't know how I'd be taken. Probably because I don't know. I don't know. Maybe senior player or something. And I don't know. No one wanted it, so I took it, and it carried on from there. I'm not, I can't honestly. I couldn't be sure. But you know, it's. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's an art, is it? It's. Um, Sometimes they're a bit more important than others, aren't they? And you got to, you know, keep your nerve a little bit. You do need a little bit of nerve, you know, like Daichi did in the semi-final, probably. You know, the, probably the confident one, the more senior one, maybe takes it by the ball by the horns and and goes and does it, and it probably went on from there. Hmm. Did you Did you quite enjoy it when when we got given a penalty? Did you quite uh, quite enjoy stepping up for it? Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't bother me, you know, it, it didn't bother me. Well, it wasn't one of them where it was going to bother me if I missed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a goal, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a goal on your tally. Defenders, you don't get that many or that many opportunities, do you? So, you know, we were always defended in our seat. Uh, we used to just get it and get it forward as quick as we could. That like John would say, big Mo or nothing. Um, it big Andy Morris and... Uh, that was it. That's all we had to do. Stop it going in and then get it. Big, get, big Andy or nothing. And then everyone run off him. And as basic as it was, that worked. Yeah. A bit more than that. A bit more, bit more in it than that, you know. But that was the, the crux of it. Well, and, and loads of players from around then have spoken about how uh, they just kind of knew where everyone was going. It was so well drilled that there'd be that there'd nowhere. That's repetition, eh? Right? Yeah. In this area, the ball's going there. You need to be there. You need to run there. And then if you put it there, why weren't you there, you know? Mm. So that's what it was, you know? I think there's more cultured plans than that nowadays, I think, with a, some of the football, you know, it's, um, it's as you say, it's just being drilled, isn't it? Whether it's 
tiki taka they call it or something, or you know, where it's a more direct football. You know, I think you know we got labelled with a more with direct football, but you know, all I would say is is you know I'll go back to Man U when they had a successful side. You know, they they were they weren't they they would be quite direct and long ball, wouldn't they? Into Mark Hughes, Kanchelski, and Giggs running off them, and like I always say, it's 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 it's, it's more difficult to be successful in a 10 yard than a 70 yard pass, 10 yard golf shot, 70 yard golf shot. You know, the, the longer the distance, the more degree of difficulty. So, you know, there's a, it's, there's a certain element of, of sort of skill to that longer game. But, you know, you all like to know, you all like to be on the same page. Chesterfield stay right on the heels of the leading pack despite an early setback at Salter Gates when Neil Tolson put Bradford in front. John Duncan's Chesterfield side are fast becoming the penalty specialists. They rewarded two more on Saturday to make it four in four games. Nicky Law converted the first. The deciding goal came on 75 minutes. Richard Lightbird's goal line save cost him a red card. Lightbird sent off for deliberate handball. Bradford down to 10 men and the penalty proved decisive. Law knocked in the spot kick. 2-1 to Chesterfield. And obviously defensive record was uh, kind of really important and, and really good around then. You, you're really good at, like I say, like shutting up shop at 1-0 at, at and, and getting those clean sheets. Is well, there a- you would we had double full-backs. We, I remember going to Gillingham once and I was playing right back, I think. And I had Michael Cheatham in front of me. And then the player we were marking, like shutting up on that right side, went to left. And we went to left back, left wing. And the left back, left wing, come to the right wing. And it, it, oh God, it was, it was, it was like, it was embarrassing. But that's how we did it. That's how we did it. And, you know, when, when you've probably got like, you know, the, 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 there was Daichi Daskar, me, um, Lee Rogers, Jamie Hewitt, we, we could all defend. We all knew how to defend. And it suited us, you know, that's what we were good at. We, we, we were not going to come out with it and in the midfield, up to the front, get it, join in. And, you know, we were never going to do that. We, we were defenders and that's what we did. We, we were built from a, you know, from a, from a solid back four that was resilient. And, you know, we got them in front of us working as hard and even harder so that we didn't have to do as much. That was my theory. When I got when you got Tommy Curtis and you know David Moss and the likes of them that could run like they did, I, I didn't want to do no work, so I was making sure they did it, stop the ball coming forward. That was my theory. If it didn't come forward, I didn't have to do too much. And, and um, I can't remember which player it was I spoke to now, but they were saying that they'd regularly see opposition players on holiday, kind of end of the season, and, and they'd always be saying. Yeah. Oh, we hate playing you because yeah. <laughs> we you're just so hard to, to score against. Did you get that? Did you get that impression when you were playing teams that, that when you'd score, you'd kind of... Without a doubt. I mean, it was bad enough when we were turning up, but when they must have turned up on a wind, wet Tuesday night, the corrugated stand with all the paint coming off it, you'd be going, oh, Jesus Christ, let's get back on the bus. And that's what we used to say. Anyone that comes here, they get back on a bus and they don't want to be coming back next week. We've been there where you you think, oh, I'd like to go there again. Can we play them six times this year? We made sure that, you know, teams that come to us got back on the bus and think, Jesus Christ, they, you know, don't want to be going back there too soon. When we got, you know, and that's how it had to be. We don't want to play them again in the in, in the 
too near future. You know that that's how it had to be. You didn't want teams to to be coming up and wanting to play. I mean, that, that's telling you a story, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, as you rightly say, many people are seeing now. They go, Jesus Christ, Lord, do, you, do you remember that game there? And I go, Yeah, we had that every week. <laughs> you know, and they were like, Oh God, I hate. We hated playing that. <laughs> And when you go into management, you say the same thing. You know, teams have got a want, uh, got a dislike playing you. You know, you, you, they've got not not just because of your ground. It was just coincidental that Chesterfield at that time was, you know, without being disrespectful, it was knackered, wasn't it? You know, it was, it was the, you know, it was decrepit, wasn't it? You know, it was old, old. But you know, when you go into management, that you you say to teams, you know, these these roll up today. You you make sure they're in the game. They don't want to be coming back, and they get on the bus with their ass kicked. You know, and and that's what we try to do. And, and like and like you say, there's a way to there's a way to turn those things like a dilapidated ground or horrible changing rooms uh, to your advantage, isn't there? When a team's of course there is. You know, we, we I remember we'd go to Chester and we go to Torquay, and I think it was Becky had paint the rooms dressing room pink put tea and biscuits out and the papers out you know and some players will go in get a biscuit a cup of tea start reading the paper job done and you'd go in and what the fucking hell is this you know get it and chuck it all out chuck it down the corridor straight away you're going like yeah you know that, that there, there's the reply to that one or you know you'd go into you, you know i remember going to chester and Larry mcnally had those pipes all the walls down you know so you go and you tracks it up and the walls are soaking wet the floor soaking wet you know you've got to do what you've got to do but you know we would turn up to that and then you know we'd go hey come on we know what this one's about you know we've got to reverse that on them that's why why they done that yeah and, and i spoke to i think it was again tony Lorm. i think when i was speaking to him and he was saying that he he very much noticed the difference in himself when he went onto a pitch and that he would turn into a completely different person and whether that was a, whether that was from a position of uh, surviving on the pitch, I suppose, and, and winning, um, that he he changed a little bit when he when he crossed over onto the pitch. Did you were you the same? I think everyone is. You have to be, don't you? You know, I, I said to you, didn't I, before? I think people will get a misconception of you because they'll only see you running around on a football pitch and you know doing probably things that you probably certainly can't do now. But you you did because you had to do because you you had to win, and you did what you needed to do. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly you know you you know as you say to players, you know your own team. You, it's no good going on the pitch and being a bunch of nice lads. You've got to be you've got to be horrible with each other. You know you you ain't going to go home with everyone. You ain't got to sit there all night not talking because you know you've had a, you've got a bollocking in the game. Go on, get it done, get the job done, come off, you're all mates again, aren't you? But you, you can't be like that on a pitch. You've got to demand from yourself and you've got to demand from others. And that, that's that's just the normal. I think anybody, you know, within a professional sport would know that. You know, I'm sure lads that play non-league on Sunday morning have that mentality, don't they? If you, if you want to win or, you know, if you're just turning up for a, a laugh and that, that's different, I suppose. But even then, I couldn't imagine it. I would imagine it. If you're going to play, you want to win, don't you? Whatever you're doing. Uh, and, and you were really vocal on the pitch. And it's something that you don't always see that much of in players nowadays, it seems. Or maybe it's just that Chesterfield have not signed a lot of those players in recent years, which may, may explain why we've not won a lot of games, I suppose. But um, we've just kind of got Gavin Gunning in, who is 
very noticeably vocal and organising and telling people what their duties are on the pitch and things like that. And you, and you kind of had a bit of a reputation for that as well. It's kind of an important, it's stating the obvious, but it's really important to have someone like that as part of your team on the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, massive. I think that's like we say, going back to the beginning, probably why John brought someone like myself in. Because we had a, a young, a youngish dressing room, and then the, the 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 more senior ones in that were probably not. That wasn't their trait. That wasn't their skill set. So you know, you you need someone that's going to come in and rally people and organise people, and and when you've got a bit more experience as well, you know, you can prevent things happening. You know, it's it's sort of sometimes being a bit being proactive rather than reactive. If you're reacting, it's a little bit too late. So it was trying to stop it before it happened and getting people working hard. And, you know, if, you could, if you're going to run, run a bit harder, you know, run a bit faster. You know, if you're going to get there, get there. Don't get there and make it a token gesture. Get there and stop the ball coming forward and demand from people. And I think, you know, we, we had a lot of people like that, you know, like Jules, he could run like the wind, you know, but I wouldn't say it was what he would like to do when he didn't have the ball. You know, he run when we'd got the ball, but we, you know, you have to get them to run without the ball. And, you know, that that was part of the job. And I think, you know, if I, I go to not millions, but I I go to two or three games a week, and I sit and watch them now, and I just think, you know, why, why haven't you said anything? You can see that's going to happen. Why haven't you said anything? You know, if, if someone's going to come and hit your mate round the back of the head with a bit of wood, what are you going to do? Like stand there and then go, oh, I saw that happening. You know, well, why don't you say something then? It's a stupid analogy, but it's it's, it's similar, isn't it? You know, yeah. you can see someone's going to take the ball. You're not going to get it. You, you, you've got to do that. You've got to say it. You've got to be vocal. You know, um, and I think, again, in the end, we had that all over the pitch. We had that. You know, we, we that that was something that was created and we had that. And that, that was when we had our best time. Hmm. Which, which... Players did you really like playing alongside? Which which players really really suited you to play with? Um, I, I enjoyed playing with all of them because they all had different things. You know, it was great playing with Daz Carr because, you know, Daz was Daz and he'd take some pressure off you. You know, he'd, he'd go and head things and smash things and get tight and put his foot through things and... Um, influence other people with his presence um you know but we had a load of players like that you know we we had effective players um in different areas of the pitch that were good at what they did and i think that that was another thing you know no no one was really too similar the only the probably thing the one thing that we all had by the end of it was a winning mentality and the fact that we knew we had to work hard and um, um, that was a gimme. We, that was a, that you had to have that. Um, but then you'd have different people with different skill sets. You know, you had like Phil Robinson, who was a bit different. Could could come up with the goals. You know, Tony was different. Big Andy was different to Tony. Um, you know, George, who, who had the pace. You know, Tommy Curtis, who could just run and run and run and run. Um, you know, and then you'd probably got Jamie Hewitt, who was probably a little bit of an, an hybrid and in between. He, he was technically a good player. You know, um, you know we, we had a we had a good balance in the team. I think you know we had what we needed in certain areas. You know, we had a little bit of technical player in certain areas, and then we had a bit of 
sort of aggression and um, presence in other areas. We had pace in areas. You know, we, I think, you know, John had got it right. It was just putting it all together. And, and you know, by the end of it, we'd done that. It's been so much fun speaking to people from various different eras. And there's been loads that have, I think it was Tom Curtis that was saying he was he was always scared of scared of scared of you <laughs> barking at him. <laughs> yeah, I used to say to him, "I don't mean it, Tom. I just need you to do all that running to stop the ball coming forward, mate." <laughs> but I used to say to him, "You need to be out of run. You get a ball away that much." <laughs> a great lad, Tom was. I still, still see Tommy. I still see Tommy when I'm at the 23s games. He's involved with the England, so he's there watching the elite players. So we often have a sit down and have a chuckle. You know, that was a great group of players. Great group of players. But that I played with and managed, you know, so and great club and great supporters. And going to the end of that playoff season, obviously uh, big matches at the end of that season. The Mansfield 5-2 is obviously really fondly remembered. You, the best uh, game I've ever played. It, <laughs> it was a uh, it, kind of a, you were involved obviously both sides of the pitch, weren't you, that game? What, what are your memories of that game? Yeah, a massive, the most enjoyable. I can honestly sit here now and say in all the games that I've played, I don't know, five, probably 600 games, that more than the Wembley final game was, and I had other promotions, but that was the best game. That was the best game ever. Night under the lights. They should never have been in it. You know, we were way in front of them. I think what was it, like 13 points clear of them or something like that. They should never have been there. But by what the playoffs did was always give you a chance. Um, and we were disappointed to have lost out automatic anyway. And then we knew going into it, and I'm trying to think who the others were now. There was us and Berry, obviously, Mansfield. Um, I'm trying to think of the fourth team. Um, but it doesn't matter anyway. But um, And we knew that we got Mansfield. You know, the love for Mansfield at Chesterfield is is non-existent, and it? You know, um, in, a, in a nice way, in, a, in, a, in a, any sort of football way. It was in a good way. Uh, and I'm sure they come here and wanted, uh, you know, I think we yeah, did. We go there and won 1-0. Was it on a Sunday? Or did, I can't remember. Did, did we was it two legs that it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was two legs, yeah. wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, 1-0 or 1-1, the first leg? Yeah, 1-0, 1-1. And, and that was a tough game. Um, 
and that was sort of a bit of the job done there. Um, and then we came to our place like that night and that that was dead. Everyone was up for that. The crowd were up for that. And like I say, going out there and the noise that, you know, the, 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 the crowd generated that night was just unbelievable. And then for me personally, you know, I'd, I'd had a, like I said, I thought I'd have had a steady season really. And then I nearly blew it in that one where I tried to be a little bit clever. I, I think it was Wilkinson won it. Um, no, on the first, was it the first goal? I think I was picking, um, I'm trying to think I was marking from the corner. And I think um, Andy Morris blocked me off. He blocked me off, you know. He, I think the lad I'm marking had run around the, the, the outside of Andy. And I tried to get there, probably bit down to me as well. My positioning was probably wrong. Um, but And then I ended up, Andy blocked me off and I couldn't get there. And, and that was one of the goals. And I think the second one, or the other way round, it may have been that way, was the, the ball over the top. And and I'd got it all day. And uh, and I was just going, and I was just waiting for him to, like, come on the on the side of me so that I could come out the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can actually blame the pitch for that because it bobbled up and I missed it. And, and he went through and smashed it in. And I'm like, well, you know, senior player as well, you know, but could probably be accounted for two goals, which... A game of that magnitude and and that importance is probably not great. And and I remember coming off at half time and I went down the tunnel and put my foot straight through the gym door at the end and I was just raging, you know. And I think Kevin Randall said, "Look, come on, it's, it don't matter. It's nothing, you know. We'll we'll get it back. Come on, it's what you do now." And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went in and we regrouped and and I think then we came out, didn't we? And then. Um, they got the sending off. They have a sending off and an handball two sent off in the end, did they? You sent off, yeah. Yeah, but we'd have won it anyway. We'd have won it. We 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 were too much from that night. We you know we, I think that was a real impressive performance from everybody, and then obviously to get a couple of goals in it as well was a bit of a sort of recompense for the two hours that I'd made. So you know, but and we won the game, and that that was just an amazing night. That 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 was a truly amazing night, and. You know, I remember all the jubilations after and then, you know, when the next day when it comes, you're getting ready for the final then. Yeah. And and you spoke like about the atmosphere of the ground. When you when you're a player, do you get extra extra energy when you've got a crowd like that behind you? Yeah, of course you do, yeah, of course you do. It's, you ain't gonna get you you you're not gonna get beat. You're not gonna you're not gonna get beat on that night without a crowd in there meaning, you know, so much to everybody and all the hard work that we'd, we'd put in from that season and not to get promotion, go 40-odd games. And then you know you had, like, potentially two or three, you know, two and you went on to the third or two and you were out. And there was no way with that group of players that, excuse me, that there was going to be any other result on that night anyway. Whether we won the final was irrelevant, but there was no way we would have got beat that night. Um. And like you say, we won that one and then we went off to the final and that was a tough game, that. That was a tough game as well. Um, but we won it in true Chesterfield style, didn't we? Well, well, down to your two, long throws, wasn't it? Though? Two long throws, was it? Or one long throw, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, uh, Robbo's goal won it, yeah. Um, yeah. And But as great as that was, that that still didn't emulate, emulate the game at Saltgate. That that as I said, I've said it about a million times now, but that, that was that was a brilliant night. That and, and like you say, a lot of the 
fans remember that Mansfield game more than the Berry game as well. So I think it's yeah. probably it's probably it's one of those things it, you know, where the players and the fans experience. Yeah, you, you come out of Wembley, you're at you know National Stadium, an amazing place, a privilege to play there. Um, and you come out and there's no one there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's no one there. It's, it's empty, as many as is in there, which I can't remember what the crowd was now, probably 20,000, something like that. You know, it's, it's empty. And it's a sapper. Hmm. It's a sapper. I don't know. I don't know. Like I've heard people say that. I don't, I don't think it's so much the pitch. I just think it's the occasion. It's the occasion. You know, it, you're, you, you've gone there. You've, you've played 44, 46 games to get there. And this is it. This is, this is um, at the end of this game, there's going to be, you know, a winner and a loser. And, you know, it, yeah, it's just an emotional sapper that I think that drains you as well. And by the end, you know, you are literally running on memory. Mm. You're on memory, you know. It's, it was a red, it was an hot day as well, I remember. The pitch is massive. Pitch is massive. Um, and the way we played, which was quite an energetic way, um, you know, it, it was a tough game. and But one that we won and, and one that, you know, will live in the memory of the football club, you know. Nicky Law. It is long, there's Morris, and here's a goal maybe. Yes, Chesterfield score! Marvellous moment! Chesterfield take the lead from that ploy that has worked so often. Law with the long throw. Oh, missed by Lucchetti, here's Robinson, must be a goal! 2-0 Chesterfield, Phil Robinson. The lucky mascot of Wembley. Gives Chesterfield what could be a crucial advantage. Awful defending. Chesterfield don't care about that. Two goals from two throw-ins from Nicky Law, but this is a dreadful mistake. Lucchetti lets the ball bounce over the top of him, and there is Robinson, a straightforward header, and it's 2-0. A huge smile on the face of their captain and their inspiration. Nicky Law, he brought them to Wembley, they conquered at Wembley, and he receives the trophy and his own personal medal from Mike Naylor, managing director of Ensley Insurance, Chesterfield are promoted to Division 2. One thing I wanted to ask as well, which is a bit of a frivolous question, but before you signed for Chesterfield and you were with Rotherham, you I think you played at Saltergate. You had to play in net because uh, Billy sure, West, I think, went off injured. And I was also looking at the stats. And in, in the season after we got promoted, I think it was, you ended up replacing Billy Mercer yeah. in net for Chesterfield. It's a bit of a... Yeah. I think you work with him. Well, you both at Burnley. Yeah, Billy's at Burnley now, yeah. Um, I think I went in three times. I think I went in once... Did I go in once or twice at Chesterfield? I've, I've only seen once, but it could have been it may yeah, well. once. I think one once once in for Chesterfield, and then I think two at Rotherham. Uh, one was in a cup game at Everton, and one was I think against Blackpool um, at Millmore when the goalers had got injured. Yeah, I used to like going in goal because I could kick it a long way, <laughs> uh, and I. I worked on the, but you, you were on about the communication thing. When you went in goal, the last thing you could, you wanted anybody was close to you. So I think that was another one, you know, I, 
being vocal and keeping the back four out my way so I could see the ball and have a better chance at stuff. And, um, and as silly as this sounds now, John, other lads will tell you, John was even contemplated in his mad and wacky way. He might tell you, if you ever speak to him one day, he said to me, I, I could play you in goal, you know, as, as like a bit of a rush goalie. <laughs> you know, you can you can kick the ball, you can, you know, you can, you've got all that, you're a good talker and that. And I'm like, no, John, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> that's not a good idea. But no, I did actually enjoy it. I did. I did enjoy it. But it's a tough one, that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, quite, quite a lot of players around then had a little spelling yeah. every now and then. It was, it was yeah. kind of shared around the team a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that with Billy. I used to go and practice to kick in and see how far we could kick it. And I, I was not saying I was great, but I mean, I could, I could kick it left and right, so it weren't a problem to me, you know. And I, and I quite enjoyed it. But, yeah, I, it was different. But, you know, yeah, you, you wouldn't want to be doing that week in, week out. You have got to be on another planet to be one of them, a goalkeeper. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a tough job. You know, the further up the pitch you are, the more men you've got behind you. You know, as you make a game mistake as a goalkeeper and it's just at the net, net's at the back of you, isn't it? You know, so, not a tough, tough job. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, so we'll, we'll skip on to... Uh, kind of your second period at Chesterfield, which, like you say, like you said earlier on, you came back as community officer, didn't you? So, um, like, how did how did that all happen? Was that something you applied for, or was it something they kind of approached you about? I think uh, Richard Finney at the time was in charge of editor was in charge of the community program. Per se, you know the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, I think there's a job coming up at Chesterfield. You're an ex-player. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah, why not? Yeah. Anyway, long story short, I went and got the job. I didn't know what it was about. Um, But yeah, I went on and did it and quite enjoyed it. You know, it was getting the sort of the soccer schools and the Saturday clubs going for the the young lads in the local community and that, going around the schools and doing stuff like that. So yeah, quite enjoyed it. It was good, giving a little bit of sort of something back and, you know, enjoyed it. And then, as, as I say, then that's where that came from, really, that day. Um, I think I think Steph, the receptionist girl, had rung down and said, oh, Norton wants you. And I was like, oh, God, what have I done now? I was, you know, I'd, 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 I had quite a few of them phone calls, actually. <laughs> you know, all right, okay, yeah, shouldn't do that. Yeah, right, okay, yeah, okay, won't happen again. I thought, oh, God, what, what have I done now? Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, what's he want me for? Anyway, I went up there and he said, um, went into the boardroom and uh, he was sat there and he said, um, I've unfortunately, you know, I've, I've, me and, you know, John and Kevin have parted ways with the club. He said, and um, I, I want you to go and do, manage, do, the, do the team. And I went, all right, okay, well, what do you mean? He went, all right, okay. He went, you'll be all right. I said, just honestly, I swear to God, as I'm sat here, he said, you'll be fine. It'll, you, you'll be able to do it. And I went, oh, I'm not so sure, no one. And he went, Nick, get down there and do it. And that's just what he said to me. I said, all right, okay. So what? It's just short term. He said, let's just go and do it and see how we go. So obviously, I, that was it. I literally walked down through the back under, back under the old stand there from the community office, you know where that had been. Straight down there through the players' entrance, players' like lounge door. And then down the dressing room and saw Reevesy and Brecken and the likes of them. I said, all right, okay. I said, oh. um, he never even came down with me, Norton, I don't think, if I remember rightly. 
Um, and she said, you know, Norton's just put me in charge, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. We were straight out into training and then sort of came back and then you sort of get a bit of, have to have a sit down and have a bit of a focus on and get a plan. Um, and that's literally how I dropped into it. That, that was my interview. <laughs> You're doing it. Go on, off you go. You'll be fine. You're capable. Go on. And that was it. How, how quickly were the players calling you gaffer? Was it like straight away? Just yeah, that's what I mean. I think Norton come down and he said, right, Nick's in charge now. John and, as you know, John and Kevin have gone. And that was a tough one hmm. because they obviously knew I'd had no, they obviously knew that I'd had no part to play in that. I'd have come from outside, there may be, you know, but they knew that I had no part to play in that. And I rung Kevin and John and said, look, you know, he's told me. And they said, brilliant, go and do it. Go and do it. I can see you doing it. Go and do it. And, uh, and that was it. I just went and did it, took the team. That was it. And then it went from there, really. And then obviously um, things changed at the club. Norton left um, and Darren Brown came in. Um, I think Darren came, I think Darren Brown came in while I was, before the games had finished, if I remember rightly. Uh, and then when the season finished, um he rang me and said to me, look, you know, do you want to put your name in for the job? And, and I sort of said, you know what, I've, I've quite enjoyed it, actually. And I went and met him at Rotherham and they sort of, it was sort of an interview with him and Paul Grafton, I think his name was. And he said, you know, what, what, what do you think the benefits of sort of leaving you with it would be? I said, I don't know, really, other than, you know, I know the players, they know me. We, we had a good run. We did quite well. You know, someone new coming in is going to have to, get to know the players and blah, blah, blah. And end of the day, that was it really. And that was, that was my second interview. And uh, he rang me up that afternoon actually. And he said, look, you know, we, we've had a think about it and had a chat. We're going to go with it. I said, all right, great. And, and that was it. So that's how I started. So I started. Did you, did you go to anyone else for advice or anything like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You, know, you, ring, you ring people up, didn't you? You know, the people that, that I knew, you know, I'd, I'd I'd worked under, you know, John and Kevin herself and Neil Warnock and um, John Newman, who would, was a was a someone I respected when he was a coach at Notts County when I was there. But ah, you you just go and do it, don't you? It's in you. You know what you're doing, and no, you don't know what you're doing. Let me say that again. You think you know what you're doing, and but there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it. It's a different, completely different ball game coming off that pitch into that management game it's it's a different ball game but you know if you've been in it I think it can doesn't necessarily say you're going to be great at it but it gives you an insight into our, our players feeling you know how, how when you're going to make changes you how you would want to be dealt with you know I played for managers never told you you just got in a dressing room you weren't playing that was it yeah you know and you so you learn from that and I think you also learn from the not the good and the bad managers, the different managers. You know, you play under managers, you think, God, if I was a manager, I'd never do that. Or, you know, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd do that. I, I would I certainly do that. I think, you know, that I, I thought that was good. Um, and we went in and then obviously we had that success with that promotion, you know. And by God, that, that if it was hard with John and Kevin, that, well, that one was, hard, was harder because we had the world against us. 
mm. on that one. I mean, it's a bit extreme, the world, but, you know, what went off and we had everything against us, everything that could have gone wrong for against a young manager and a, and a, and a young team did. And, you know, that wasn't just from the outside as well, David, that there was a lot of internal there, that all, a lot of that problems that came were coming from people that had been involved in a football club for a long time, weren't there no more. And some were still there. Um, and they were getting information out to other people that were then going and sort of, like, for instance, when, when, when we got the, were raided by the FA that day, it was like a police raid. They just banged into the car park. Now, they got that information from somewhere. And, you know, we all know where it came from. Um, and that was from him within. You know, so we had all that. But what people weren't thinking of, people that had been in charge before and had left, and there were still people within the club that had an affinity and a, and a loyalty to the previous regime, were filtering information out. You know, and I, and I think, and I will defend Darren Brown to a sense, which people won't like, in the sense that we didn't know what he was doing. We didn't know what was going off. No, myself, my staff, none of the players were ever interviewed by the FA mm. or the compliance um, um, being. Um, so it was nothing to do with us. We were the ones that were there picking the pieces up, you know. And I, and I think in his defence, Darren Brown had some good ideas. You know, he was like, what, what do we need? What do we need? Yeah, I think we need that. Yeah, and he went and got it. Now, how they got it, I don't know. Um, but we got the players we needed to do the job. You know, I think th there was no one in there to, you know, he was probably a new chairman, a new board of directors, and had no one there leading them. They had no football people there. They'd all gone. So, they, you know, they'd come from whatever business they were in um, and, and did what they did. You know, and I'm not defending what they did. I don't know what they did, but... It was obviously wrong because of the consequences that came with it, you know, but they were getting wrong advice. Mm. Um, and we could see that. But, you know, when you're going into training and players are coming up and saying, oh, I've not been paid, you know, going to, oh, we can't go to that training ground because that's not been paid. Um, you know, you got, you're going through the foyer and people are there changing the locks. And then all the office staff are running up the track and you're like, oh, Mike, Mike, what's happening? Oh, it's, it's all right. Don't anyone tries to give you an envelope, don't take it. What? And they're all scarpering out the ground. And it was like people serving writs and stuff like that. People don't know that. Yeah. You know, but that that again, that that all that was all born from people that had been in the club for a long time and left. And people within the club feeding that information out. And there was like a wanting almost the new owners to fail, but forgetting about firstly the players and the staff that were in there trying to do a job for the team that, that we've all got an, an association with for 10 years or whatever, you know? Blatherwick is up from the back, he's towards the far post, it's in his direction, and he scores! Steve Blatherwick's first of the season, what a time to get it! And the champagne is back on ice at Ninian Park. One by uh, Beckett, then Ebden, towards Reeves, still Reeves! That's a super finish! 
Chesterfield back in front. Chipped in towards Evans. Useful and in. And 3-3. What a game. To be fair to lads, can't be too critical of them. You know, they, they've been brilliant over the last two and a half months. And, you know, to have to go and win again Saturday to clinch promotion for the second time in a week, you know, I, I, I just can't be nothing but sort of speak highly of them. Is that how you see it, having to win promotion twice this season? Well, I think so. I mean, we obviously, mathematically, we've got enough points now to be promoted before today. Um, but it's a difficult situation, you know, when you've having done it and, and you know that you're guaranteed to have gone up, then to have the nine points taken away still um, gave us a chance, but we still had to do it, you know. I mean, there's a lot of teams that would have possibly gone under. What's your feeling about the nine points, just, just briefly? Do you feel, well, put your hands up and say, well... Obviously, my initial... Um, thoughts were of disappointment. I thought, you know, Christ, nine points, that's a bit harsh. But at the end of the day, I suppose, you know, they've got a decision to make and I respect that decision. Um, and we've just got to go and get on with it. And um, as I say, three more points will get us promoted. Was, and it must have been, uh, obviously, you're in a terrible position because you're, uh, you're, like you say, you're a young manager and the manager is always the person that speaks to the press yeah. isn't it after matches press conferences and uh, we had uh, spoke to Sean Parrish and he spoke about the time when you kind of uh, went to the training ground and said the police are in there's a raid so you're having to pass things on to players and you're having to be the person speaking to the press I mean but you're also trying to keep a team in position for promotion as well so you've kind of got a hundred different plates spinning haven't you that season well you imagine it we're where we are in a league we're you know, we're, we're the best team in the league, I think. I think we had some really, really good players. Um, we're in a good place. And I'm having to go to the training ground saying, lads, look, by the way, when you get back there, the FA compliance are there. Oh, what for? Well, I'm not sure. Well, I do know. I do have an half an idea what it's about. And actually, one of the issues, you know why, don't you? I mean, the, the Luke Beckett situation. Luke's the player. Mm. It ain't his fault that there's you know, maybe two contracts in place. <laughs> he don't know, does he? You know, or, or the, the contract hasn't been registered. I, I, I don't know the, the, the full story on it. I probably know as much as anybody else. But when all this is going on, you're a young manager. You're trying to keep a promotion team going and focused. And everything's against you. You know, they're not getting paid. Well, why can't we do that? Oh, well, we can't do that because, you know, because of that. And, well, yeah, just don't worry about it. Don't you worry about it. If you leave that with me, let me sort that. You just concentrating on, you know, getting, staying fit, staying focused, onto the next game, win the next game. And let's go and do it now. We've come this far. If we're going to foul, it is not going to be fault. We're not going to foul because we've lost games. We're not going to foul because we've crumbled. We're not going to foul because we chucked it in. That's that's the easy way. We go and we go and, and we do it. We do it against the odds. And that's what we're going to do. And again, we created that environment. You'd got Tuttles and, you know, the Pollets and the Reeveses and the Breckins and all that. And, you know, that was getting into them and saying, look, you can't, you've got to now keep on to this. There's some that are not strong as you, you know, your parishes who were strong characters, Ebdens and we, we, I'm rattling these players off now. They, they were some good players. Mm -hmm. And and that was what I was saying to them all the time. You don't, each other now, you, you don't let 
you don't let this go. We've, we've got a grip of something here. So the easy way now is to just go, ah, well, what do you expect? What do you expect that happen? And we, you know, we, we rise above that. We do that. We show what we're about. And we took that into every game. And in fact, we actually probably used the fact that, you know, there was people within the club that were doing this, disrupting it. And it was almost like stick it up them as well, you know? Um, but yeah, that, that was a tough, tough year, that one. Yeah, and it was a real tough year. And you had to kind of win promotion twice, didn't you? In, in, in the yeah. Game. Um, which is, winning it once is hard enough, having to do it twice. Did, yeah. you, actually, did you actually get to, did you actually in, enjoy it when you did get promoted or was it just a bit tainted because of everything that had, had happened? I think, I think you enjoyed it. Obviously you did, you know, we'd done it, we'd won it, um, you know. I mean, what, what was the points total? What, what did we have took off? We Nine. Nine points. Nine points. Three wins. Three wins at that end of the table. He's massive. And to come off, as you say, to come off having nine points and still get promotion, said everything about that group of players. Absolutely everything about them players. But then when I look back at them players, it doesn't surprise me. Because, you know, they'd been recruited because... That, that's the calibre of player they were. Mm. You know, and we had that siege mentality where whatever you go on, go again then, do it, do a bit more. It not, that's not going to wreck us, that's going to make us even stronger. Because the more people that were against us, it seemed to um, reinforce us. Yeah. You know? uh, it, was um, turmoil. it was absolute turmoil. We had directors come in and leave and, you know... We, yeah, it was it was honestly you you couldn't believe it you couldn't believe what we went through that season mm. and and Sean Parrish was talking about you know kind of opposition fans waving brown envelopes and all all that kind of stuff and how it did galvanize galvanize them kind of on on away trips and things like that when you're coming up against against fans like that yeah. well, everywhere you went there was brown envelopes waving wasn't there the crooked spyrites you know the old um, you know, you got your money in the tin and, and, and all that. And, but what I said to people was, what you have to understand is, when a certain newspaper man went up and said he saw wads of cash in a, in a, in a biscuit tin, that, that was, hey, mate, that, that's Chesterfield. That was Chesterfield. You put the money through the hole in the wall and it went in the tin. That, 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 that was it. That's what we were. <laughs> that's what we were. So that weren't nothing different, you know, and... You know, like you say, the crooked spirals, and I think you know the the Daily Mirror bloke, Harry, what's his name? I mean, they absolutely went to town on us, didn't they? You know, and but that that was nothing to do with the players, David. That was nothing to do with me. That was nothing to do with the players. All we were doing was just doing our job, and a good job. And outside influences made it even difficult, more difficult. So, yeah, there was a bit of sweet in that promotion. I think, yeah, great, we've got the job done. You know have that and that was a close one but we got there in the end but it's all character building isn't it yeah and, and like you said you, you you signed a great bunch of players i mean it was a, a, a amazing squad that year um i suppose as as like a rookie manager um and, and you obviously went on to uh manage other places as well did you you must have um, 
learned a hell of a lot that season in terms of just. I did. I learned a lot that year. Um, you know, we, we'd recruited well. We've got a good team, but you know, as they say, if you want to be the best manager or the best coach, get the best set of players. And that's, that's no real science in it. That's what it is. If you want to be the best manager, get the best players. Best coach, get the best players. Now, I'm not saying we had the best, but they were good. And then, you know, my, probably I, I then made a big mistake. I had a decision to make then was the fact that, you know, the, I'd spoken to Jeffrey Richmond at Bradford. Um, and I always say this, looking back, it was a poor move. But at the time, it wasn't a poor move when you're going to get paid four times as much. You know, um, so with a bit more knowledge and a bit more experience, I probably should have stayed around, got a bit more skin on my back for another 12 months. But I've got to be honest with you, the new ownership was even new less than me. And it didn't enthrall me, you know, it didn't give me a great deal of hope. And I thought, I'm going to be like swimming with no armbands here, you know, and I thought I'm going to duck it. And, you know, having said that, the club got some money for me. So, you know, they got that and, and I went. But looking back, yeah, I made a mistake because I, I was not ready for all I'd been through. I was not ready for Jeffrey Richmond at Bradford. <laughs> 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 and again, I went there and I went through two administrations. Yeah. I, I, I went to Bradford. We were in a championship. And because there was that many, we were in administration, he, he decided that he wasn't going to play to play the players. So I, I had set up three trialist games with all three transfer players in, on a park in Bradford. And this was going to be my team to go into the championship with. And we trialled them, um, we'd selected as many as we needed, and we were going to go with the young uns as well, the Lewis Emanuels and Simon Francis. We were going to go with them and just recruit and just start the season. And it was only when we went to register them that the, I think it was the league or, yeah, the league had said, look, you know, no way you can't do this. You, you have got debt owed to players, so we're not going to let you do that until then debts are clear. You're not going to start the season. So we were ready to start a championship season with a team of trialists that we'd recruited. Uh, so it got no easier for me when I went there. The only fact that was better when I went there was the fact that I was earning like four times as much as I was at Chesterfield and I was on decent money. But Jesus Christ, that was that a job and all? Yeah. You know, you're at a club there, a big stadium. The supporters thought they were a big club when they weren't. Selling season tickets at half the price getting double the crowd, and every one of them was a football manager. Um, you'd got a team of Premier League footballers that weren't getting paid, that were all really coming to the end of their career, and you want to go and play in a, a sort of a quite a fast, energetic game. Um, and every one of them's not been paid. So you can imagine the motivation was really there, can't you? <laughs> um, and anyway, that, that, that's history and, you know, but yeah, I, I, I probably should have stayed at Chesterfield. But as I said, I, I didn't have a great confidence in the people that were going to be running the club. And that's no disrespect to them. They were rookier than me. <laughs> and, and obviously you've had, had success at, 
at Alfreton and Chesterfield are now in the National League. Mm. Is there a is there a uh, uh, is is there like a, a formula or a, a style you think that you need to to do to get out of the National League? Because it's a really tough league, isn't it? Especially now it's kind of becoming a League Five. Massive, massive. The conference is equivalent to Division Two. I found when we went, when I went to Alfreton, we were a small club in the conference, in the Unibon Prem. We got into the conference north and we won that. Um, we won the Unibon and got into the conference, yeah, the, the, the conference north. We won that and went into the conference premier. As soon as you went into the conference premier, all the players were bigger, stronger, fitter, more tactically aware. But again, we were a small village club, small town club with no training facilities. Training on a Tuesday night, if we were lucky, on a third of a pitch at AstroTurf pitch at Cuthwaite. We had no infrastructure. Um, again, we just got a great set of lads and some good players. I mean, you know, in my 10 years there, we made over a million quid in transfer fees. Fadzine, Flint, you know, Earns all went on. You know, we, we did well. We had some good players there. We were going, we were in a league against Lutons who would have 9,000. That one game was 18 games for us. Yeah. We'd get 500. So your spending power is 18 times more, isn't it? You know, and so we were the underdog again. Um, but we went in there and we, we went to second in the league. And I remember getting on the bus at Chester and we'd beaten 1 0, I think, gone second. And the manager went, oh, it's going to be announced today that we're going to get our three-point deduction. And again, we got a three-point deduction. So that game we played that day was down the drain because we had sent a registration through and it had gone through backwards in the, in the fax machine. The fax machine in 2000 and whatever, we're using the fax machine. Um, went through and we took the paperwork to... We'd taken the paperwork to Wrexham and shown the woman at Wrexham who was actually on the, the board. But because it had come through blank, it we played an illegal player. So we lost three points. And at that point, the chairman then, Wayne Bradley, who'd been there forever, said, do you think we could do this, Nick? I went, fucking right, we can. We'll do it. Because I tell you now, this team here, on this bus, getting a one-off game, they'll beat anybody. And I think at that point, the realism at Wayne, and I think he realised that the club didn't have the money, or the infrastructure to, to go into the league. It was too much. You know, all what you had to have done to the ground it was too much. And from that day on, it went it went back. And then I hear people say, oh yeah, you know, Nicky Law did well. He went to Chesterfield, went to Bradford, didn't do nothing there. They don't even know what, you, you've no chance of doing anything there. You go to Alfred and we took Alfred and a, a, a pit village team to the conference premier against Wrexham, against York, against Kidderminster, against Luton. And we're, we're holding our own. And then they go, but he didn't do nothing, did he? You know, we made 1.4 million quid or 1 million quid on transfers, producing players. We, we got to second in the National League and we didn't do nothing. And it all went wrong. It, no, it didn't go wrong. It was just that all of a sudden, you became what you are, a Unibon team, punching a million miles above its weight. And every one of them players and everyone involved in that football club should be proud of what they did. Mm. But where they are now is, is where they are, is what they are. 
But for someone who's gone and took them to another level and you can't sustain it for, for reasons outside of your control, you then become, oh, he ain't no good, is he? Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's absolutely, the football fan sometimes, absolutely. You know, I'm absolutely, I, I sometimes think, God, have you just said that? Because they don't know. They do not know what it takes to, to, to get that success and how much hard work that goes into that for players and staff and directors alike and supporters. Mm. The self, yeah. you know? And, and you're now in, so it's like youth, uh, is it youth recruitment development at, at Burnley? Yeah, I, I went in to Burnley four, four and a half years ago as um, head of recruitment in the academy. So that role is um, what it is, recruiting players for the academy from 16, 18 to 23s. So that would be your 18s team and your 23s team. And then obviously looking after the younger lads, which I don't do now, some, to be fair. Um, sort of finding them a pathway with loans and stuff and preparing them for real football, which 23's football isn't. Um, with a, There's sort of a, a double edge on that one. You're preparing them and sort of toughening them up for the, for the realities of men's football because they're going to come out of that um, meaningless, non-competitive 23 environment, and then they're going to go into one where where someone's going to do absolutely what they need to do to beat them, and they're going to go, oh, hold on a minute, what's happening here? We don't, we never, never done that before. So you know, even if it was to a Barn Oldswick, it was to put them in a men's dressing room to see how men did things, and a dressing room where you'd come in at half time and the teacups would go. And people would be at each other because they have made a mistake or they haven't done something they should have done. And to open their eyes to that, to take into their professional career or to enlighten them to what they might come be coming into if they don't make a professional footballer. So, yeah, we, that that's part of it. And it's just recruiting you know, the, the players to, to come into the club and hopefully get them through to the first team, which, to be fair, we've had a little bit of success with, you know, with, you know, like Josh Benson, who came in from Arsenal at 18 and made his Premier League debut this year, which is a good thing. Um, a lot of players that we brought in, you know, that have come in this year, four or five of them made their Premier League debut. Now, you know, that might be a little bit by hook or crook, the fact that, you know, the squad's not been big enough. Or, you know, Sean's had a few injuries, but fair play to Sean. He's been brave enough to play him. Mm. And and fair play to the lads. It's a, a great achievement for them. Yeah. And and you must be, I don't know if you're aware or not, but Chesterfield have been through quite a lot of managers in the last few years, it's, mm. it's fair to say. And, um, and whenever we do have another manager that goes, your name always comes up. Especially with the supporters, the supporters are. I don't. I don't. I don't think I would ever get that job because people would say, um, they'll go back to the, oh, he was with Darren Brown, weren't he? You know. So that's what I said to you. That that's the stigma that goes with it. Mm. What what went on then was nothing to do with me. <laughs> All I ever did for the football club, in, in my opinion, and and I'm not being clever was gain promotion as a player 
gained promotion as a manager. So I don't think I've done too bad with by the club. Um, I gave my all when I played and I gave my all when I managed. And to hear people say, ah, yeah, crooked, you know, no. But that's why I would never have got that job back. Would have I got that, that job? I'd love that job back. And I know for a fact, three or four managers ago, before they got down the line, that I, I would have done that job. And I, and I had the credentials probably to, to have steadied the ship there. Um, but, you know, it was, there was never any going back because, because of the stigma that went with what went off while I was there, I think. But, and, that, and, that, and as I said to you, you know, before we did this, it would be good to come on and, and forget people to see a different side mm-hmm. of the pe- person that they probably think it is. And to, to probably, you know, put my point over, which you've given me the opportunity to do. But, you know, unfortunately, I just think a lot of the, 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 the 2000, 2001, 2002 era has, has sort of stuck with me when... You know, it was nothing to do with me. So, you know, I've had that chance to say that now. Yeah, yeah. Well, from a from a fan's perspective, I'm, I can't speak for all the fans, but um, you've definitely still got a, a legendary status with us. So, I think the yeah. fans the fans still look at your playing days. And and like last year when lockdown was on, they did a, a replay online of that Madsfield game, which everyone. Yeah just loves that game and then obviously the the promotion as well and I think the fact that your name comes up comes up every time that we go through another manager kind of says a lot doesn't it you know I think you know like I said the one thing I can do is um I don't know maybe the only one who's captains and managed the team to promotion you know so there's one for you isn't it you know so you know someone will have to go and beat that now yeah, <laughs> go and do it. Manage captain him to it, and then manage him to it twice or something. You know, so you know that that will be interesting. Yeah. So finally, did you have did you have a favorite a favorite moment? Obviously, favorite games of is probably that Mansfield one. But did you have a a favorite moment, either a goal or a tackle or a, anything like that 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 really sticks out? Um. No, there were so so many good times at Chesterfield. There there really was. I've loved it at Chesterfield. You know, I still live here. Um, You know, 99% of the people that I see out and about are really, really good and respectful. And, you know, I go to the golf club and they'll come up and talk to me. And, you know, everyone has been great. You know, the football club has been great. Um, And and it's been good for me. But no, I, 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 I... I don't think, like I said, I don't think, um, you know, probably lifting a trophy at Wembley for the club and, you know, winning promotion as a manager for the club, for the supporters, for the club, for the supporters, for the town, has has been great and been a privilege. But, you know, probably scoring them two goals against Mansfield um, has has been the highlight because Mansfield people do like me. (laughs) (laughs) As I've been told many a time. Um, when we played there and when they've come here. It's a superb goalkeeper, but he's been back.